Welcome. You're listening to sermon audio from Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario. At GBC, we're all about finding rest and relationship in God through gospel-centered worship, discipleship, and community. To learn more about GBC, check us out online at gbccambridge.com. Now here's Pastor David Robinson with a message from God's Word. We're thankful to be together once again as we gather around God's Word uh, with His people. And we're also trusting that God is caring for you in all these changes and, and, and anxious times. Our prayer for you is that you would know that you are part of a church family, even though we can't be together. And we have been looking at ways in which we can reach out and uh, connect with you as we trust that you're able to connect with one another. I'll just give you two quick examples. First of all, Byron this past week has been uh, compiling all the names and it is our hope as we have divided this up uh, among the elders and a few others that every person in the church will be reached either by a phone call or by an email uh, just letting you know that we're thinking of you, that we're praying for you, and if there's any needs or anything um, that we can be praying about, that we would love to be doing that for you. The second thing is uh, the young adults have begun to reach out to the seniors in our congregation, um, in our church family. And if there are any seniors who need, uh, or anybody really who needs groceries, they would be happy to go out and do your grocery shopping and then uh, bring it to you um, and in whatever way you're comfortable so that they can serve you. So these are just a, a few ways in which we're trying to serve and, and to love one another. Uh, we have this opportunity to study God's word together, and I'm glad that uh, you've joined us. And what we're going to do is we're going to begin with a word of prayer, and then following that, I'll read uh, the scripture passage, and then we'll talk about uh, having a difficult conversation which leads to a gospel conversation as we read about a very personal moment for Peter as he confesses his denial of Christ three times. But before that, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks that even in these difficult circumstances, you allow us to be together and to gather around your word. Father, wherever people may be, I just pray that you would help them that you would be their comfort, and that you would be their guide, that they would know that because of the great work of Jesus Christ, they are loved and they are cared for, whether it is through the valley or the dark valley, um, they might know of your presence, or whether it is in the isolation and just some of the loneliness, and that they might have that fellowship with you. And that we as a congregation might seek ways to care and to reach out uh, for one another. Father, we also want to pray for those who are sick. We want to pray for those who are on front lines serving those who are sick. Or a variety of ways in which people are serving um, in our communities. We want to pray for those around the world and various nations as they are going through this difficult time. And we pray that as a people, uh, we may know that uh, as you care for us, we have an opportunity to talk about uh, the gospel. And we have an opportunity to talk about um, how we're not alone and how you are with us. And we would like to share that with others. So, Father, thank you for this time. 
Thank you for uh, the comfort that we can have in Christ. Thank you for how uh, we can do this together. And we pray now as we study your word that you would help us understand and you would challenge us and you would encourage us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 14, and we'll read verses 66 through 72. This is when Peter denies his Lord. While Peter was in the courtyard below, one of the high priest's maidservants came. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went out of the entryway and a rooster crowed. When the maidservant saw him again, she began to tell those standing nearby, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing there said to Peter again, you certainly are one of them, since you're also a Galilean. Then he started to curse and swear, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Have you ever had a difficult conversation where either you or someone else just broke down and wept? Have you had a difficult conversation where somebody broke down and wept and it really didn't lead into a gospel conversation? In other words, at the end of it, there just seemed to be despair or what do we do next? Or almost, I wish we never had this conversation. The final words that we read from Peter are, he broke down and he wept. It's interesting how Mark writes this account. In verse 54, he tells us that Peter um, actually made it into the courtyard and he was warming himself by the fire. And then he tells the story of how Jesus stood before the Sanhedrin. And then he comes back to Peter, uh, who, uh, whose story is now explained. So why does Mark write like that? Well, Mark writes like that because he's saying that these two stories are happening happening simultaneously. They're happening together. So that while Jesus is not denying his name, and in fact, when he's asked whether he is the Messiah, he says, I am. And he says, I'm actually greater than you think I am. Peter, as he stands before a servant girl, denies the name of Jesus not just once, but three times. So you can tell that this is a difficult conversation for Peter. So what we want to talk about this morning is we want to share what a difficult conversation looks like, which leads, which then leads into a gospel conversation. Or we could say what a difficult confession looks like, which then leads into a gospel conversation. So we're going to look at two parts of Peter's confession. First of all, his confession was a very humble confession. And then his confession was also a very honest confession. Now that might seem rather basic, but it really is only the gospel that allows us to have an honest and a humble confession. But Peter brought us to verse 72, and with that begins the gospel conversation. So this honest and humble confession leads to a gospel conversation. 
So let's take a look, first of all, at the difficult discussion, a humble confession. What's interesting also about uh, uh, the Gospel of Mark is that it was Mark recording Peter's eyewitness account. In other words, it was written by, from Peter's perspective. Peter told Mark under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and Mark wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, his uh, story of his interaction with Jesus. So this is Mark uh, recording the experience of Peter. Peter is actually telling us his story. He did not leave it out of his biography. He didn't leave it out in, in, in his experience with Jesus. In many ways, this story is Peter's Psalm 51. You might remember Psalm 51 was written by David. David in the Old Testament, this great shepherd. In fact, he wrote Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or David as he stands before Goliath and uh, he, he uh, does the sling and it hits Goliath and he lands and he's conquered a hero and he's conquered a nation. And then David becomes king, this great king of this nation. And with God, or because of God's presence, he's, um, he, all these nations are being defeated around him. This great David writes Psalm 51. He doesn't leave it out of his story. Psalm 51 is his confession that he committed adultery with Bathsheba and killed Uriah, her husband, and uh, killed a number of other men um, in this story. And he begins Psalm 51 with, Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. In many ways, Peter includes this Psalm 51. He's saying, this is my story. And part of understanding Peter's story is he began by boasting. You may remember a few weeks ago when we talked about uh, the Lord's Supper, and after they come out of the Lord's Supper, uh, Peter says to them, or, or Jesus says to them, he says, uh, you're all going to, going to deny my name. And Peter said in response, even if everyone falls away, I'm not going to fall away. And then and Jesus says, yes, you will. And, and then he goes on to say, if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples agreed with Peter. Peter said some pretty bold things. And what we read is now Peter stands before a servant girl and he says, and he says, I don't know who Jesus is. He goes from this bold proclamation. Now, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm having to be with a disciple, I'm wanting to be with Peter right? I mean, any man who stands up and says, even if everyone falls away, I will not. Or if he says something like, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. So if there's a disciple that I want to hang out with, or if there's a, a church that Peter goes to, I want to be at that church. You imagine the, how, how great things would be and, and, and all the things that would be done and all the things that would be accomplished. Peter churches, if we can put it this way, have Peter conversations. They, they, they talk about their greatness. If everybody falls away, we're not going to fall away. Or saying things like, I will never do that. 
I will, I will do the great things, Jesus. I will do the great things for you. But here is Peter who includes this in his story and stands before generations that will read. And he said, when a maid servant asked if I knew Jesus, I said, not once, but three times. I said, I don't know Jesus. I denied Jesus three times to the place where the rooster crowed and he broke down and he wept. Peter began by boasting, but he ended in weakness. Why is it important to know the story of Peter? Because the story of Peter helps us understand the story of Jesus. Peter learned weakness. He basically says, I could not even stand before a servant girl while Jesus stood with my sins before God. A gospel conversation flows out of a difficult conversation because we don't boast. We learn, Peter had to learn not to boast. But so much of the gospel is lived out in a Peter sort of way that we would say, I will never do that. If you caught yourself saying that when you're, you're saying to someone, well, I know that I did that, but I will never do that again. Sometimes that's how we, we do parenting, right? We just say, okay, you never do that again. But what we don't understand is often the gospel is lived out of weakness. And, and, and we want the Peter churches where the gospel is lived out of strength. I'll give you an example. Uh, Tyler and Byron and I have been talking about how to... Uh, how to talk about uh, COVID-19 with, with the church family. And one of the things that we say to each other is, uh, we just don't want it to sound preachy. And you might say, well, what does it, what does it mean to sound preachy? And I've been trying to uh, understand um, that in a certain sense of, because uh, I try to understand what, I'm, what I mean by that. But I think what I mean by that is what we've just talked about with Peter so we will give texts, we will preach theology, and we will talk to people about being strong. And it's almost like if, if you have a verse, then immediately uh, you, should, you should feel better. But do we allow people, and do we allow ourselves, that even after we've read the scripture, or even after you've heard a message, that you'll still worry, that you'll still wake up and struggle, that you may not know where the money is going to come from and you're worried about that, and that scripture passage actually hasn't even helped. It's maybe made more questions because you're saying, God, if you're faithful, then, then why, am I why am I in this situation? Or maybe you have a concern for a grandparent or a parent or a child or um, someone that you love and you say, God, I'm so anxious about all of this. And the church's response is basically a Peter response that because we've shared a bit of scripture, um, we expect people to uh, all of a sudden come out and say, okay, I'm ready. Um, I'm ready to be strong. And what we don't allow is for people to live in their weakness. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says, Now we have this treasure in clay jars, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. There will be no extraordinary power from us. We are living in our clay jars, and often our clay jars are broken. Often our story is, God, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this day, and I have piled scripture passage on scripture passage in my mind and in my heart, but I feel so anxious, and I feel so worn out, and I feel so worried. And what the church can do is it can sound preachy and say, well, <laughs> aren't you saved? Or uh, you just need to, you need to believe more. But what Peter teaches us is he teaches us to be able to say, all boasting is gone. God, as you stand, Jesus, as you stand before the Sanhedrin and you talk about your greatness, and then when you stand before God the judge and you um, pour out your love for me as you suffer for my sins, and then when you ascend to the heavenly places where you reign and rule, Lord, that is the strength that I need to know. Because in my weakness, I don't have that strength. And as much as I'd like to be a super Christian during this time and share with everybody my testimony and everything else and just talk about Jesus, Lord, my mind is so consumed with what I'm not doing or with what's not going to happen or with what could happen to me or my loved ones. And so Peter says, if we're going to have an honest conversation, it's going to be or if we're going to have a difficult conversation, it will begin with, an, with a humble confession. There is so much sometimes where we just have to be more than we are and we're not that much. Peter tried to be more than he was. And the first thing that he learned when uh, his story was being put alongside the story of Jesus is that he humbled himself. He learned about his weakness. Again, it may seem rather simple, but that becomes part of, if you are going to have an honest conversation, or if you're going to have a difficult conversation, it's going to be an honest conversation or a humble conversation. But can you have that humble conversation where you don't need to be more than you are and say, I'm worried or I've sinned and, and need to tell you about this because it's, it's driving a wedge between us. Peter's story begins to shape our understanding of the gospel. If I am weak, then I need a savior. And if I am weak, then he is my strength and I can be weak, period. And the strength of Jesus mysteriously works through me as the word continues to build me up and the spirit continues to work through me. And the gospel story becomes my humbling story so that I can take that step of faith and go out and trust that God will give me the strength not to deny the name of Jesus just even in front of a servant girl. Peter learned what humility was. A difficult conversation is not only a humble, not only a humble conversation, but it is a very honest confession. It is a very honest confession. When we read this passage, I think one of the remarkable things is I would have told the story, if I had the opportunity to share with Mark and say, Mark, this is going to be a really difficult part of my story, um, I might soften it a bit. 
I, I may not give everything. I might change part of it so it's, it's not as honest. In fact, probably a lot of our confessions uh, take out uh, the very difficult parts that Peter includes. For example, if I were Peter, I probably wouldn't have mentioned, would not have mentioned the servant girl detail. I might have said something along the lines of, you know, someone very close to the high priest questioned if I knew Jesus at that time, but I think I would have left out the servant girl part. Or I think I might have added certain parts uh, saying, you know, I was really tired. We didn't get a lot of sleep that night. And, you know, Jesus kept on coming back and checking up on us. And, man, I was exhausted. And then he tells me I'm going to deny him. And that really, you know, made me, uh, brought me to a dark place. And I just wasn't, I wasn't at the top of my spiritual game. Or if I was Peter, I might change uh, the, you know, the progression. I might have just added one denial rather than three. We know how we have conversations with people. We'll, we'll tone down um, our, our, our weakness. We'll tone down our sin. Actually, it's interesting the progression that Peter gives. First of all, the servant girl says, you were with him. And then she says, you were one of them. And then the third uh, time that uh, they, they challenge Peter, they basically say, you were, you were with them and we even have proof because you speak as a Galilean speaks. It's very interesting uh, that it begins, it, it's, the, the first denial is you were with them, nothing more. The second denial builds you were not only with them, but you were part of them. And now you are part of them, but you also, uh, we also have proof that you're part of them. I think I would have just stuck with the third one because how do I deny if someone's just asking me if I'm with Jesus? Just with them. I'd have toned that part down. I think the last part that I might have toned down is uh, I would have left out the response. Notice the response in verse 71. Therefore, he started to curse and swear. I don't know this man. He couldn't even name the name of Jesus. I don't know this man. What's, I don't know this man that you're talking about. And he brings down curses on himself and he starts swearing. In other words, Peter is brutally honest. Peter is remarkably honest in this story. If we are going to have humble conversations, humble conversations will lead to honest conversations. Do we have honest conversations like this? You see, we often confess from a place of strength like Peter would have. Leaving out many of the details, which in turn becomes a rather dishonest conversation and a dishonest confession. Are you able to have an honest conversation like Peter learned to have? An honest conversation is being able to share some of the uncomfortable details. An honest conversation is to be able to say, this is who I am. This is what I have done. I denied the name of Jesus in front of a servant girl. And first, she just asked if, if I was with Jesus. And I couldn't say yes to that. And then... I call curses down on myself, but I need to tell you that. That's part of my story. 
if we come from a place of strength instead of a place of weakness, instead of a place of humility, we will not have very honest conversations. With everything that's going on, are you able to say, God, I'm weak, and not only am I weak, but God, here's, here's just part of an honest conversation. And I'm going to have this honest conversation with others that, God, I'm not doing well. Or maybe you're struggling with a particular sin and, and you know it's driving a wedge in your relationship or whatever it might be. And you just share with someone the tip of the iceberg. You, 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 you don't, you're not able to be honest with them. Peter has this uncomfortable conversation because he denied the name of Jesus. While Jesus, was, um, while Jesus was confessing his name in front of a servant girl, three times swearing and calling down curses on himself. If that is an honest and difficult conversation, where does that lead? That ultimately leads to a gospel conversation. And that leads us to verse 72. Immediately, a rooster crowed. A second time. And Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Now you might say, well, how is that a gospel conversation? How did that difficult conversation lead into a gospel conversation? I think verse 72 was one of those moments where Peter just stopped. He just stopped. He stopped the denial. The rooster had crowed. He didn't pretend anymore. It, it, it was that moment of confession. I am humbled in my weakness. Jesus, I couldn't even stand before a servant girl. I am humbled with the honesty of the moment that I called down curses on myself, saying that I didn't know this man. He stopped pretending. That's the moment when Peter stopped. He just didn't pretend. He knew that Jesus knew. In fact, we read in the account uh, from Luke, in Luke chapter 22, verse 61, immediately while he was speaking, a rooster crowed. You know the next thing that Luke records? Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord. The moment that the rooster crowed, the eyes of Jesus and the eyes of Peter met. Peter knew that Jesus knew. That is a gospel conversation. That is why we can have an honest, humble conversation with God and with others. Because there comes a point where we know Jesus knows our weakness. There comes a point where we know that Jesus knows our sinfulness. And you might say, well, what does that moment look like? That moment looks like verse 72. Three things happen in Peter's life in verse 72. The first thing is he remembered God's word. Immediately the rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered what Jesus had spoken, or when Jesus had spoken the word to him. Peter remembered God's word. 
In other words, he remembered who he was to be. He was to be the strong disciple who would never deny the name of Jesus. Not only did he remember God's word, but he remembered his sin. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. It is that moment when Peter knows not only God's word, but he knows his sin before God and before God's word. And then the last part is he broke down and he wept. He broke down and he wept. When we know and remember God's word, who Peter was supposed to be and who we are supposed to be, when we remember our sin, who we said we would be, that leads us to a brokenness and that leads us to tears. Because Peter realized who he really was. Peter realized his sin that he was a sinner in great need of Jesus and he needed everything that Jesus was doing. Now, that's the end of the chapter, but is that the end of the story? <laughs> Mark 15 will tell us that Jesus will go and face Pilate. Jesus will, uh, be, um, Jesus will be exchanged for Barabbas. Jesus will hang between two criminals and then finally Jesus will die. But then on the third day, Jesus is raised again from the dead. And listen to what the angel says to Jesus, or what the angel says to the three women who are going to take this message back uh, to, to the disciples. In Mark chapter 16, verse 5, we read, When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. Now remember, this is Peter's perspective. Peter is telling Mark the story. And Peter says, uh, and, and Mark says to Peter, Peter, that's a, that's a really honest account of what took place when you denied the Savior three times. And Peter comes and he says, yes, but listen to what happened after this. After Jesus rose again from the dead, he said to the three women through the angel, but go tell his disciples and Peter. You can just imagine Peter rejoicing at that moment. Peter saying, he remembered my name. Jesus went to the cross and he died and he suffered and he rose again to call me by name. Here is the profound truth of a difficult conversation. When we understand our weakness and when we understand our sin, we understand that that's the reason why Jesus went to the cross. That's the reason why Jesus suffered before God. That's the reason why he died. And that's the reason why he rose again so that he could remember the name of Jesus or that he could remember the name Peter. Peter had denied his name, but Jesus had gone to the grave. Jesus had forgiven his sins. Jesus had rose, had been, um, had rose again from the dead. And now Jesus remembers his name. That's a gospel conversation. We have humble conversations with one another. 
we have honest conversations, which can be really difficult conversations. But they turn into gospel conversations when we understand our sin and we understand that Jesus knows everything, but he has gone to the cross to forgive us. And so when we have those honest, humble conversations with one another, we're coming together as two saved sinners and saying, I am humbled. This is my honest struggle. Jesus has forgiven me. And Jesus remembers my name. Sometimes I wonder how many people exist in verse 72. Maybe from a past sin. And they don't realize the forgiveness that they have from God. A lot of their life is just broken. A lot of their life is spent in regret. A lot of their life is trying to prove to God that God... Um, that was a mistake, and I'll make it up to you. But even in these days, where there's a lot of turmoil, and where there's a lot of grief, and there's a lot of anxiety, having these difficult conversations to say, I'm weak, but my God, he's strong, and I'm sinful, but my Savior, he's righteous. And I know that he knows and I know that others know. So I don't have to come from a place of strength. But I can live in a place of honest weakness. Because my sins have been forgiven. And now we journey with one another in our weakness and in our sin. And we remember that Jesus remembers your name. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks for this opportunity to remember that we don't have to be strong, that we don't have to pretend we're more than we are. Father God, you remember our name, and we give you thanks for that. And so if there are difficult conversations that we need to have, or if there are difficult conversations that we haven't had for a long time, may we humble ourselves, may we be honest, and may we know that Jesus knows our name. And when these difficult, these difficult conversations take place, may they be places of grace so that as we learn to forgive and as we learn to journey with one another, you will give us that grace to know one another's name and to know that we're saved through Jesus Christ alone. In your name we pray. Amen.